When is the right time to hire a coach or a mentor though? Now. <laughs> it's like investing in real estate. The best time is always now because they're going to get you so much further, so much faster. No matter where you are, if you just got started or you're thinking about getting started, they're going to give you the blueprint to get there 10 times faster than you're going to figure it out on your own. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, our sponsor for the show today is Pine Financial Group, the leader in hard money lending in Colorado and Minnesota. And they were recently approved to offer their investment publicly. This investment offers only for investors in Colorado and Minnesota and is only made through their investment prospectus. Get your copy today. Simply visit www.pineinvestments.com and click to get started. Look, there's a reason why some of the wealthiest people in history invest in loans backed by real estate. Learn more about the risks and returns at www.pineinvestments.com. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexemer. With me today, I'm excited to have Jordan Moorhead. Jordan, how are you doing today? Doing really good. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on. Uh, it's, it's due time. Uh, you've actually been on the show, uh, was it twice? Yeah, it's twice so far. Okay, so twice, um, but it wasn't being interviewed. It was actually uh, kind of being one of the co-hosts. When I was uh, out in Europe for a couple of weeks, you helped me out. So that was awesome. Um, so a little bit about Jordan, I'll let you kind of fill in the gaps here. Is, is, uh, you're, we've known each other for several years now. Um, uh, met, I believe, at a meetup, and then went out to a conference together uh, a couple times. And and uh, you've been a successful real estate agent, working a lot with investors, I know. And then also, you've got your own investments um, yeah. out of the state you're living in. And so we can talk about that. So why don't you give our listeners a little bit more about your background, kind of you know where you have evolved and and where you're at today. Yeah, so I think we met about four years ago now and at a real estate meetup, I had just started investing in real estate at the time. Um, wasn't working full time as an agent. I owned a small business, a fitness business, and had a few employees that allowed me freedom to go pursue other things. So I was working part time as an agent, but still running that business and running the investments I had. Um, I tapered off that business and went full time in real estate shortly after. I really because of the way I had my business set up, was able to go full-time in real estate and still have an income supporting me while I did that. So that really helped a lot. Um, I mainly invested in Louisville, Kentucky, because that's where I'm from, and it's a, an attractive market to me. Uh, I have invested here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but I have not been recently, because I've been planning to move for the last few years, and I got hit by a car last year, and it slowed down my process there, but I do plan to move down to Austin, Texas, another market I'm investing in uh, next spring. So let's unfold that a little bit. Uh, for, first of all, for, for those who don't know you, yeah, you were on a motorcycle and got hit by a car and nearly died, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I should, should have been dead. Yeah. yeah. Wear a helmet if you're on a motorcycle and don't get hit by a car. But Yeah, don't get hit by a car. That's... 
the helmet saved my life. It, there's a big dent this big in, in the top of the metal of the car where my head hit. Oh, jeez. So that that's, helmet that's scary, man. That's life. scary. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so let's, uh, let's go back. So you had this, this gym and you said you had a couple employees. What happened with the gym? What was the, first of all, uh, what were some successes, uh, for building that gym that you can leave with our audience? And then why did you, why did you either get rid of it or sell it? Um, I know you kind of hit on that already, but let's, let's go through that. So, yeah, I think the biggest lessons that I learned while running that business was leveraging the right people at the right time. So I was hesitant to hire anybody and I had a business coach and I said, Hey, you need to hire an admin like two years ago type of thing. You're not good at this. You don't do this well. And same thing with what I'm doing now. Admin work is not your thing. You need to hire somebody that's more organized and can take care of this. And I hired somebody for maybe $15 an hour, which was good for her. She could work anywhere. She could do whatever she wanted. And it allowed the business just to grow astronomically. We tripled our business within a year because all I had to do was focus on sales and actually operations of the business. After that, I, I hired strategically one coach and then I hired another coach. And after a while, I wasn't doing any of the day-to-day work. I was just doing the big picture stuff. And I think everybody needs to aim to get out of their business and work on their business rather than just working in the business all the time. And it's hard because you think, oh, I'm the only person that can do this this way and nobody's going to do it like me. And, and you can train them to do it like you. If you have things that you do that are special, write it down, make systems and processes so that they do it the exact same way as you. It's just a process. What, what, you know, when you started hiring people, did you find your income got stretched? Like, was it hard to, to pay them and make ends meet or did it actually increase your income? Very temporarily, my income went down but really quickly it went back up. So that, that business was really easy where if we signed up a new client, that was an extra $3,000 a year. So I was, for the admin, I was paying her maybe 1200 bucks a month. We needed four new clients to cover her entire salary for the year. And that's all we had to do. So I got two or three right away and then grew quite a bit more past that. But it, you just have to think about, I was listening to a podcast earlier and they had a really good point. You need to think about what does it cost to cover this person's salary for three months? Because that's really the trial period. If it's not working after three months, it's probably not going to work. And it's either, it's probably your fault, but maybe they're not the right person. So you either need to change your systems or processes or you need to find a new person after three months. So if you can cover their salary for three months, it's absolutely worth doing. Yeah. Speaking of, it's not your fault uh, or it is your fault. I'm listening to extreme ownership. Yeah. Um, and you know how they say in there and I really like it. Everything's your fault. Yeah, exactly. It's your fault. You made that choice. You chose to hire that person. So if they're not the right fit, it's your fault or you didn't have you the didn't right systems and plans or you didn't, yeah, you didn't train them right, but it's just still your fault. Um, That's how I've always looked at it with any employees is the first time they make a mistake. That one was on me. I didn't do something right. I didn't didn't have a system or process in place. If they make a mistake two or three or four times, then it might be on them. But 
the first time is always your fault. Yeah, good good point. That's that's a great way to look at it because I think a lot of us you know, are worried about hiring the wrong person and sometimes that even sets us back of even hiring somebody and you know, we just don't we just don't move forward. We paralyze ourselves or we do and and then they make a mistake and immediately we're we're angry at them and think they're incompetent when it's actually our fault. We're we're the incompetent ones. We're the ones that's so that's a good way to look at it. That first mistake is 100%, 100% on me. Uh, yeah. Probably even the second and third mistake, you know, if after a while they continue to make, uh, you know, the same type of mistakes, well, sure. But uh, you got to look at yourself first. Are you actually training them properly? Are you actually setting, themselves, setting them up for success or are you setting them up for failure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think you need to realize that and understand that hiring somebody isn't, this huge thing really if you can hold on to them for a few months and work through the kinks your business is probably going to explode after that yeah you can't do everything on your own i think that's a big thing as a real estate agent now i'm not very good at the paperwork and doing all that stuff when i hired my director of operations here it freed me up just to go show houses and sell houses rather than plunking through all the paperwork that i frankly i'm not very good at and i've had somebody doing the the post offer paperwork for quite a while since my first transaction i never did paperwork past writing the offer and i just know that's not me i paid somebody to do that paid a transaction coordinator but with any business your admin is probably going to be your first hire and probably your best hire yeah and and you know good point i mean you not even even if you're good at that stuff, is that what is best fitting your, you know, your strongest capabilities, your best fitting your ultimate goals? And I'm assuming as a, as a real estate agent, your ultimate goal is to sell properties. Yeah. Well, and how do you sell properties? You know, you, right? you got to get in front of people. Can't sell properties being behind a desk. Yeah. And one of one of the things you have to look at is what's the dollar amount that this thing is worth. So if you're doing admin work and it's taking you 10 or 15 or 20 hours a week, that's worth 15 to $20 an hour. So how much more could you make per hour going out and getting new leads or selling new houses or doing whatever business you're in doing the big ticket items rather than taking on all that by yourself. And you don't have to hire somebody full time. I had, a part-time admin the whole time I owned the fitness business and she took care of all of it in 10 to 15 hours a week. Cool. What, what are you like, so you've built this real estate business, you've built this, uh, you built the, the fitness business. What are maybe three to five keys to having success in those businesses? What, what have you done steps along the way that have really helped build those businesses? Just the R&D ripoff and duplicate has been huge for me. So I'm not the smartest guy ever. And I know that somebody else has done it before me. So rip off and duplicate and finding good coaches almost right away has been Mm -hmm. a huge thing. So business coaching, that's another thing that it's expensive. And people say, oh, you know, I I can't pay a thousand dollars a month for a business coach. Well, I was making it when I got my first business coach. My take home after taxes was $18,000 a year. It tripled that in the first year, no problem. Wow. And I had to put the business coach on a credit card at first, but 
pretty quickly was paying it, no problem. And I had a business coach the whole time I owned the fitness business past that. And they allowed me to build up a business and hire people and systems and processes and really grow from, we had maybe 18, 19 clients when I hired them to over 60 clients by the end of it. So it was absolutely worth every penny. And I think you have a business coach too, and I've seen that it's gone pretty well for you. So when is the right time to hire a coach or a mentor though? Now. <laughs> it's like investing in real estate. The best time is always now because they're going to get you so much further, so much faster. No matter where you are, if you just got started or you're thinking about getting started, they're going to give you the blueprint to get there 10 times faster than you're going to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, any, anything else that you've seen as kind of critical, you know, I, I like it. They, they R and D rip off and duplicate, obviously the business coach, what else uh, beyond those have you really seen as being keys to your success? I think I've always just had a, a learning and growth mindset too. So I've never not gone to conferences and seminars and mm. read books all the time. I, I get, get crap because all I read is self-development and business and yeah. those types of books. I don't read fiction or anything else. I have a bookshelf full of them, but I think always learning is huge because stuff changes. And yep. for instance, if you listen to a podcast about real estate investing from 2010, the advice you get is going to be different than a podcast that was recorded last month. That's so point, I have man. that happen all the time where, Oh, you know, I heard that, I need to look for this 2% rule for single family rentals in a nice neighborhood that don't need a lot of work. I'm like, Hey, that, that doesn't exist right now. Yeah. Find you know? that, find that unicorn and you'll do well. Yeah. They're, they're not around. I not look around. every day, all day, but yeah, you need to pay attention to current material. And that's why I think it's always learning is really what you're going to, you're going to benefit from. Good. Um, what, what, uh, mistake that you can take us through, uh, something that you've made a mistake and, and actually have learned and, and grown from that? Not starting out with the end in mind. Mm. Um, just starting out and this is what I did with my real estate agent business. I didn't start out with the end in mind as far as building a business as much as I did with the fitness business because I had good coaching there. But, you know, there's lots of things. I should have hired an, a director of operations or an admin a year ago with my real estate agent business. And I just hired them a few months ago. And I should have hired agents to start working with me six yeah. months ago. I started about a month ago on that. So not starting with the end in mind and doing things past when they're needed. You know, you need to hire before you need them and then get them up to speed and you'll grow past paying that person's salary rather than yeah. hiring them when you absolutely need them. Well, in one of the, one of the nice things, obviously you're in a commission based business. So with, with hiring agents, it's commission based and so yeah. they're paid based on their performance. Now, obviously they want the results. And so they're seeking you because they feel like you can provide them results uh, right away. So you've got, you definitely have, um, probably some overhead, some advertising, some, you know, you, you want their success as well. So oh, yeah. kind of feed them leads and so on. But, um, you know, ultimately 
you're not out a paycheck if they don't make any many money. Sure, and you need to have the processes together to help them yeah. get where they need to go too. You know, we yeah. have tons of business, but if these people aren't trained well, they're not going to make much money. Yeah. Let's shift uh, over a little bit into your investments. Uh, I know you've got you had some properties or a property in Minneapolis. I think you've got some stuff in a couple properties, maybe in Texas and then uh, yep. stuff in Louisville, which you've said earlier, that's your main stuff. Uh, first of all, let's, let's just talk about the properties, what they are, why you bought them. And then um, we'll go into detail of investing out of state a little bit. So let's just focus first of all, and what are the properties? Why'd you buy them? So I bought in Louisville, and yeah, that's really my main market. I'll talk about Austin in a second. In Louisville, I purchased, and I think we talked about this right when I was purchasing these. I purchased six units thinking, oh, I'm getting up into the multifamily space and I'm gonna go over some mistakes I think I might've made at the time, thinking, oh, this is gonna be the next level and this is gonna have some efficiency to it. It, it sort of does, because of how it's set up, but mm -hmm. six unit really isn't any different than a four unit or a three unit when it comes to the way it's run. And that's where I'm headed next is to try to get up into the next level of efficiency. Um, so I have three, six units on the same street. My father has, I found another one for sale next door to one of mine. He owns one of the four there and there's only seven on the street. So we own most of the street. We've been able to make it look nice and kind of turn around the look and feel of the place. But without that, it, it wouldn't be what it is. And I'm looking at picking up another one. I think I will hold on to these for quite a while, but I do want to buy a 30 to 50 unit in Louisville and have good management, maybe somebody on site, which is why I'm looking for a 50 unit and just be able to really have the efficiencies there because my property manager isn't on site. He doesn't go by very often. The reason I have some efficiency is because my father self manages and he's running around there all the time and he gets eyes on it every three days, but you don't have those efficiencies with the six unit. That There's a reason I sold him the fourth. I said, Hey, you know, it'd be nice to have him over there. I know he's going to self-manage. I know he's going to fix everything. So it's easy for him to see everything and tell me what needs to be fixed. So he's not managing yours. You've got a third-party property manager managing yours? Yeah, he is okay. a real estate agent. And I've tried to get him to be a broker. And I said, hey, I'd love to pay you to manage these. Pay him the same I'm paying somebody right now just because of his connections. And obviously you like to pay family before anybody else, but I do have a third party property manager that takes care of everything, repairs, maintenance, move in, move out, lease in the place. And they're great. I use premier property management in Louisville. Um, they won't go too big. So they won't do bigger 20, 30, 40 unit places, but they will do pretty much anything below 12 probably. Yeah, which is which is exactly what you're looking for. When and anybody who's yeah. thinking about buying properties and and wanting third party management, you've got to really pay attention to what their what their niche is. And if they're going, hey, we manage, yeah, we'll manage a 50 unit property, we'll manage a 100 unit property, and we'll manage a six unit property. Well, 
you're probably not, they're probably not good at any of them. Um, yeah. or maybe they're good at one, but you have no clue. Is it, are they good at the hundred unit or are they good at the six unit? You know, so you want to manage, you want a management company that really focuses. And they're great. They really know their stuff and, and they know where their lane is. So they're in residential real estate sales on the other end. They own a brokerage and they own a property management company. One brother manages the property management company and one brother manages the brokerage. So they know where they should be and they won't vary from that. They have great business coaches, by the way, and that's probably why they're so organized. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's take a minute to thank our sponsor, Pine Financial Group. Look, you work hard for your money. Is your money working hard for you? Because of inflation, money sitting idle erodes your wealth. Many investors understand that real estate is a great investment, but may not want the effort or the risk that comes with owning their own property. They want to sit back and have payments, hit their bank account each and every month. Stop eroding your wealth and start building by asking your money to work for you. You should be earning profits while you sleep in investment backed by real estate. Pine Financial Group, the leader in hard money lending in Colorado and Minnesota, was recently approved to offer their investment publicly. This investment offers only for investors in Colorado and Minnesota and is only made through the investment prospectus. Get your copy today. Simply visit www.pineinvestments.com and click to get started. There's a reason why some of the wealthiest people in history invest in loans backed by real estate. Learn more about the risks and returns at www.pineinvestments.com. It's www.pineinvestments.com. And you mentioned now you're trying to buy some larger properties and you yep. can't, you mentioned one thing with the onsite and you've mentioned efficiency so far. What, is that the main reasons you're looking for larger properties is for efficiency and scale or kind of what, what's your decision behind instead of just buying a bunch more six unit properties or whatever? Yeah, it's just, there's really no efficiencies in six unit properties. And I've, really manufactured my own efficiencies by having them all on the same street and us really taking over the street, right. but that can only go so far. There's only three more buildings that I can buy on that street and there's kind of a cap there. I can't go much further than that. So while I might buy those buildings, if I get the chance, I'm, that's not where I want to go. There is no scale to it really. It's adding real incremental it, and really it's no different than buying single family properties. Yep. You're adding a couple and I would like to grow quite a bit. You know, I don't have an end goal necessarily. I have a, a long-term goal, but I don't, I wouldn't be, if I own these three more sixplexes, then I'm done and that's all I ever need to do. That would be pretty easy to achieve, but that's not going to get me to where I want to go. Yep. Yep. And what do you, Maybe you don't know this because you just said you don't necessarily have an angle. What do you, what do you, where do you want to take it? What do you want to do with the, the, the real estate investing? Um, so my long-term goal is 50 units by 2025. And I think that's going to be pretty easy to hit. So I might have to adjust that, but you know, I'm only 31. I don't think that, I I have some cash flow goals too, and I I don't necessarily ever want to stop doing anything that I'm doing. Yeah. I want to keep growing. I'd like to start to benefit other people eventually, and 
you know, right now it's just benefiting me. But once I get to the point where I'm completely financially free, I'm pretty close now. Um, I'd like to start to benefit others. So whether that's nonprofit or just having investors and benefiting. And that's why I like the real estate agent business too, is I get to benefit people every day. You said I work mostly with investors. I work about 95% with investors now. And it's mostly new investors getting people started in real estate investing. And just seeing, for instance, I just sold a guy a duplex. His rent was $2,100 a month before he bought the duplex. He rented out the other unit in the duplex. His mortgage is $2,000 in the duplex. Rented out the other unit for $1,600. He's charging a roommate $600. And then he's going to rent out another room and charge another $600. So he's already living completely for free. And then he's going to make some money to live there. This is in a good neighborhood and a good place. So he didn't really sacrifice his standard of living too much, but he just gained an extra $25,000 a year. Yeah. That's fun to do. Yeah. And that's a smart thing to do, especially for somebody who's younger. So anybody younger doesn't have kids, not married, or maybe he is married. uh, But man, that is a great way to go about this business and get in the corridor. I think the mm-hmm. biggest advice, at least for me, and you might have something you want to add to it as well. The biggest advice for me is you've got to look at the end of the day, where the cash flows of the building, mm-hmm. what the value is of the building and make sure you're not overpaying just mm-hmm. to go and live there. Cause eventually you do want to move out. And when you want oh, to yeah. move out, you want to be able to sell it or you want to be able to rent it and actually cash flow. Yeah. And I, so I, I provide a spreadsheet that I use to people I'm working with so they can do that. And it it has to work when you move. It's not about, I mean, maybe you do want to live there forever. Um, Somebody that spoke at our conference, Holly Williams, she has a four unit in Brooklyn, I believe, that they live in. And it sounds like she's doing pretty well living there and doesn't have any plans of moving ever. And that's as far as finding a cheap way to live in New York city, you're, you're not going to. So yeah. unless you do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, de- definitely it could be a, a great solution long-term if that's what you want to do. Yeah. I, I know people that have the, the mother-in-law suites or whatever you want to call it. And you know, it's essentially, it's a duplex. It's set up like a single family home with like a basement unit or a unit off their garage or whatever. But um, that's a great way to do things if you can. And that's actually what we'll be moving into in Austin, Texas, is I have a single family home with an ADU, so an extra house in the backyard that we've completely renovated it. It's a nice place, granite countertops, new cabinets, tile everywhere in the bathrooms. It's a decent place. But with renting out the other unit or Airbnb in the other unit, I'll live completely for free. Even if I just rented out at the rent it is at now, I'll pay $300 a month for my mortgage hmm. and live within 10 minutes of downtown Austin, which is pretty sweet. So, yeah, you know, and I would suggest anybody, especially if you don't need that garage, check with your municipality and see what you can do. Because I mean, that's what I, when I was in, um, I was in San Francisco last spring and that's where I stayed was somebody's garage that they converted yeah. half of it into an apartment the other half was still a garage one stall parking <laughs> but the other half was where i stayed and it was it was actually a pretty decent place and just stayed in their garage essentially um so there there is that 
opportunity for, for you to do it. A lot of people just keep it as storage. And it's like, man, if you can just get rid of a little bit of your crap, you could be making, you know, 1200 bucks a month or whatever your rent can be. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember that a dollar saved is more than a dollar earned. You yeah. pay taxes on that dollar earned. So if you save a dollar, technically you need to make a dollar 30 or dollar 40. Yep. I think that's really important to think about is that dollar saved is worth around a buck 50 if you're just earning your income and don't have any passive income. Well, and then it's worth even more than that when you start to go, okay, five, 10 years from now, what's that really worth? Um, oh yeah. Start so to make interest invested. on it. Start, start to invest it the right way. I mean, it can be worth a lot more. So take, take us through. So you just said you're going to move to Austin. Uh, you're, you're moving there. You're obviously kind of starting from scratch, right? You've got this real yep. estate business, um, but you're moving. So what's that mean? How do you, what are you going to do? How are you going to build this thing? How are so you Keller Williams has a cool model called it's called the expansion model. And so what we're going to do is leave a team here and we're building that out right now. And we'll still have people here working with us and, and I'll still work with people here, but just remotely and have people that are doing all the on the ground work. And I've already done a bit of that in Austin actually. So um, we'll have, that'll be really the hub, I believe. And we may expand that even further. So I might leave a team here looking for an agent or two. I already have one, uh, actually looking for another one. If anybody knows anybody that's, investor friendly we're looking for somebody that currently invests that wants to continue to grow their portfolio and wants to do all of those things along with serve those type of people mm. so I will, I will build the business down there essentially on my own for a while while also leaving a business here and building it but we do plan to expand that to other markets so maybe Louisville Kentucky for instance I have a good knowledge of that market um, really wherever else it takes us. You're going to compete with your dad then? Uh, I'm trying to get him to be a part of it, but he's 66. Gotcha. And kind of wants to want to change. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he wants to keep doing what he's doing just at a smaller scale. He doesn't want to start a new business. What, what in Austin are you going to do differently in order to start it off quickly and with a bang than, that you didn't do in Minneapolis? have more specific goals and then just have an admin working with me almost right away. Um, so I, I'm pretty good at going out there and getting business and I just need to only do that all day and take care of the business up here too. To somebody that's new looking to get into that, your business or business even kind of similar mm -hmm. you said you're pretty good at getting new business. Mm -hmm. What, what do you do? I think just being able to talk the talk helps a lot. So um, you wouldn't hire a personal trainer that didn't go to the gym frequently and wasn't in decent shape. I don't think most investors are going to hire a realtor that doesn't invest. I don't think most homeowners are going to hire a realtor that hasn't bought and sold their own houses. So I think the first step to being a good realtor is to know, actually know about real estate not just know about the sales process. Yeah, which surprisingly a lot of realtors have no freaking clue about real yeah. estate. 
They don't teach you that in realtor school. Yeah, <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah. Um, so, so knowing the business, any other kind of key critical things that you do? Knowing the business and doing lead generation type work every day consistently, mm-hmm. you know, at least an hour a day, you're doing lead generation. And that was the same thing with the fitness businesses. You're always marketing. You're always trying to find new clients. Yeah. This is eventually in any business, there's going to be some attrition and you're going to lose clients. So you can't just rest on your laurels on anything. You always have to keep growing. And that's how I've always approached any business I've been in is I have to keep going and going and going. And maybe I'm going to get up here and then I'm going to here, and then I'm going to get up here and then go down there. But you want to keep growing eventually. There's always back steps. You might lose a few clients or you might not get a few or might have some rough times, but you need to always have that growth mindset. I know you've, you've gone to, and you mentioned this earlier, you've gone to quite a few real estate conferences. Uh, you've gone to, I, I know I was with you in Denver and Nashville, Minneapolis. Um, you've gone to a couple in Texas, I believe, and maybe some other locations as well. Why, why conferences? Why are you going to these conferences and what have they done for you? Um, you know, what kind of benefit have you gotten from them? Well, the networking for one is huge. Off that conference we went to in Denver, um, this was not my reason for going at all, but I actually sold a condo off that conference. So that conference was $300. I think I made around $5,000 off going to that conference. And Mm -hmm. that was the same conference we went to actually where I just had one six unit and one duplex at that point in time. And Trevor, your coach, said, hey, don't say you only have this. And it made me think, okay, that I'm I'm actually doing pretty good for just starting, and I can grow. So I I bought another 12 units almost right away after that conference. So it just opens your eyes to so many possibilities. If you always just stay around the same people and the same things and the same meetups necessarily, but – you're not going to get that bigger picture of, Oh, I can do all these things. People that go to conferences typically are people that are out there doing stuff or people at least want to do it. Yeah. So you're going to be around people that are serious and are willing to pay a little bit of money for their education. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that's been a huge kind of eye opener. He's going to these conferences and go, Whoa. I mean, it's a whole nother world out there than sometimes you really realize, especially if you're, only going to maybe your local meetups and maybe yeah. only one or two where you're not meeting even the right people. And then you go to this conference, you're just like, wow, there's some, there's some people doing some amazing things out there. And then the other thing I, I thought I think was really important that you just said there about what, and what Trevor said to you is when you said, I only have these couple things. Well, I hear that a lot from people. You know, you know, what are you doing right now in real estate? Well, you know, I got a couple properties. I only have whatever. And mm-hmm. my response typically to them is very similar to Trevor's. It's look, I mean, you, yeah, you only have that. So in some of the circles, you might feel like you don't have a lot, but when you look at the population in whole, <laughs> you've got 90, like there's 95% of the population that doesn't, that would dream to have what you have. Oh, Probably yeah. even greater than that, quite frankly. Um, and even of the self-proclaimed real estate investors, when you had a, a six unit and a single family, is that what you said? Duplex and a duplex. six unit. 
Okay, so you got eight units. When you had that, you probably had, you know, more than, you know, 90% of the real estate investors, people that call themselves investors, didn't have as much as what you had right there. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you got to look at is like, yeah, I guess I kind of do have a lot more than what I really think. But sometimes we get surrounded by these people on Facebook or whatever that, say they've just bought a 200 unit apartment complex and we're like, Oh man, I, I know where, you know? Yeah. And I think really you have to start somewhere, but you really do have to be obsessed for a little while. And I think I lived really uncomfortably for about two or three years there. And we plan on still renting out rooms in this house. So Austin has a lot of awesome music festivals that people will pay exorbitant amounts just to stay in a room close to downtown and during those we're going to rent out the other two rooms in the house and make money why wouldn't you yeah but you have to be uncomfortable and you have to be obsessed for a while i think you said it at the meetup the other night that you spoke at my meetup you spoke at yeah you have to just be enthralled in this stuff and it's all you think about and all you do you have to take care of those people around you and make sure you make time to do other things, but it's right. got to be all you do for a while. You can't do, and there's a reason I only own multiple unit properties. That's been my goal from the beginning is buy multifamily. Yeah. So I don't own single families. I've seen a lot of good deals and I passed up a good one recently in North Minneapolis that would have made around a thousand bucks a month, but it wasn't worth doing because it was going to take me over here. Yeah. So yeah, be obsessed and be very narrowly focused and you're going to do well. Awesome. With anything, with starting a business, with real estate investing, with working out. You know, if you're working out and you're saying, hey, I'm going to spin class this day and I'm going to the gym to lift weights this day, I might go run some cardio this day. You're just all over the place. Eventually, you might get somewhere just because you're doing something, but you're going to get so much better results if you hire a coach and go to the gym three days a week and lift and eat exactly what they say. Hmm. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, all right. So we're going to, we got a couple more questions before we wrap up. Um, what's your favorite uh, real estate or business book? I think the first real estate book I really read was um, coincidence. I'm in Keller Williams right now. Uh, Millionaire real estate investor by Gary Keller. That was a great book and that taught me a lot. He's a really smart businessman. He's done pretty well. So that, that was probably my first real estate book and it's still one of my favorites. It's just so well laid out. Cool. Cool. Um, I've not read that one yet. It's good. Um, Business book is probably the e-myth. Great book. There's so many different e-myths now too. whatever business you're in. There's probably an e-myth for it. Um, I'm going to throw another one on if you don't mind, Todd. Um, The miracle morning to understand that I used to hate getting up at 4.30 in the morning to go work at the gym. Now I wake up at 5 a.m. because I want to. I don't have to be. and I just like doing it. And I think that has such a huge effect on your life, which has more of an effect on your business. Just getting up and getting in a good mindset before the day gets started. Awesome. Last question. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? Um, so 
you got to control what's going in or what's going out necessarily. So saving and having a good budget, I would have never been able to buy those first two properties if I didn't have my finances under control. And so I'd say that's definitely the number one pillar. Um, number two for me is increasing my income as much as I can pretty consistently. So if I've got control over what's going out, I need to control what's going in. And the third is just investing 50% or more of my income pretty consistently. Love it. Love it. If I don't spend a lot and I make a lot and I invest whatever I have left over, then it goes pretty well over a long period of time. Yeah. Compounding interest is pretty amazing. Yeah, it, it adds up fairly quickly. And man, I mean, you, you, like you said you, it, earlier, I mean, you're, you're still young, you're 31. And if you continue to do that for the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, it's going to look uh, a lot different when you're, you know, 50, 60 years old. Oh, yeah. So awesome. Uh, well, Jordan, how can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you're doing or, or reach out to you about, uh, you know, potentially investing? Uh, I think the best way to get in touch with me is always via email. So jordan.morehead at kw.com. And Morehead is M-O-O-R-H-E-A-D. You know, an E after the R is pretty common. Mine doesn't have it. So, or just find me on Bigger Pockets or Facebook works pretty well too. I don't have Facebook on my phone or Bigger Pockets on my phone. I actually don't have any social media on my phone anymore but I do check that. And why is that? It's distracting. Yeah. It feeds in negative. For one, it's feeding in negative energy that I don't need and it's distracting. So I really do try to keep control of the inputs that I take in and I don't watch TV. I don't have social media on my phone. I read business books. It's, it's all about what you do to your brain. Not only controlling your input and your output on your finances, you're controlling your input and output on everything else in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to do that. I think. Yeah, definitely. I love it. Well, cool, Jordan. I appreciate you joining us and a ton of value uh, that you're able to add. Have a good rest of the day. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Todd. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. A couple things before we go again, go on to our Facebook page, Pillars of Wealth. We'd love to have you on there. Go on to iTunes, give us a rating and review and subscribe to the show. Also, um, you know, don't forget, reach out to me if you want any help with uh, potentially growing your business and reach out to John Styles to help you buy or sell real estate. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Have a fantastic the rest of the day. And as I say, make every day a Saturday.